You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good afternoon. Uh, healthy and alive. Doing well. Yeah. Well, that's good, because we're right back where we started with the pandemic, aren't we? Yeah, right back at don't it. Pay, Lockdowns, don't pay any attention. Don't pay any attention to riots in the streets. Don't pay any attention to protests. Mm. Don't pay any attention mm-hmm. to any of that. It has nothing to do with it. You can't even ask someone if that's what they were doing. You can't even ask that. It's the new normal, you know? Oh, yes. The new normal. Well, we're not quite there yet. They're they're trying to get us to that point. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the new normal stuff today, including a um, the new way to fly. Possibly. We'll uh, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about a couple of other things. Uh, Do you want to start with New York City? Sure. Pretty terrible stuff that's happening in New York. Okay. Do you want to start on something a little bit more gentle? Uh, I mean, we get the bad stuff out of the way first. I tell you what, let's work up to New York. Let's let's work up to New York. Let's start down south and then we'll work our way north. All right. So down south, Mm -hmm. let's start with Mm -hmm. your state. Your governor has tested Mm -hmm. positive for COVID-19. Yeah. So what I haven't heard, uh, because we've talked about this, uh, if it was the swab down the nose test or was it a blood test? Because if it was a swab down the nose test, then the possibility of it being a false positive is what in the thirty-five percent range somewhere in there. Uh-huh. So I, I I don't trust the validity of that test. But then if it was a blood test, that means he's already got antibodies for it. So at that point, well, you still get you you still get counted as a positive case. By the way, if you yeah. were asymptomatic and go in for the antibody test and you test positive for that, they list you as a, a positive even though you already have overcome the sickness. But anyway, yeah, uh, they're pointing this out, obviously, because Tulsa, um, the the rally there. And he attended the rally, which was a month ago, and he's just now testing positive. So I don't really know that those line up. You know, it's usually within two weeks, but... Says that he attended the Trump rally. According to, uh, according to the county health department director, he said this likely contributed to the surge in the cases in the region. Of course, going to a Trump rally, that's what contributed to all the cases, not the protests. Not not any of the protests or anything, not any of the riots or, or anything like that. That that didn't contribute to any of it. It was going to that Trump rally. That's what did it. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your governor led one of the most aggressive reopening plans out of any state. Right. And he usually mm-hmm. doesn't wear a mask when he goes out into public. So mm-hmm. he's also been one of those governors that's resisted this statewide mask mandate, which I don't think you guys have. And. One of the biggest problems they're running into at the state level over there is actually mandating that. They're having a problem with it because the county sheriffs are coming out saying, "Uh, yeah, we're not doing that. You people are insane. Uh We're we're not doing that. Exactly. So now they're having to resort to locales. They're having to do it at the local level because they can't get state enforcement. Obviously, you're not going to get federal enforcement. There's no way they can justify that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, Fauci's worried about over policing. I would argue it'd be under policing. How are you going to enforce that? Complete nonsense. Everything this guy says gets turned on its head. He's still not thinking about a mask mandate at all. However, he's tested positive. It's kind of strange that He's been one of the leading governors in the country over there, mm-hmm. sticking firm to his uh, to, to his guns there, so to speak, and standing by his principles, saying, "Look, we're we're going to work our way out of this. We should be on the other side of this, if nothing else. I mean, yes. if you, if you believe all this stuff, we should be on the other side of this. We shouldn't be going back to it. We should be on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. This shows the disconnect between where we are that see what's happening and the governments that are mandating these ridiculous policies. So we should be on the other side of this. You know, I was actually thinking today." Marty said last night he was looking for a smoking gun, right? He said he was looking for a smoking gun. And my response was essentially, the smoking gun to me is they've been incorrect about everything and and they're handing down all this policy and we've still got the governments that are employing these people that haven't been right about anything. So why are we, to me, that is, that's a red flag in and of itself. But you know what else is a red flag? Not one time, not one time have I heard any of these so-called health experts, not one time have I heard anything about any of them saying boost your own immune system. I've never heard one of them say boost your own immune system. I've never heard one of them say eat healthy. I've never heard any of them say avoid drinking. 
avoid smoking. We need to keep health clubs open. We'll do whatever we can to make sure that people get the physical exercise they need in order to remain healthy. Instead, we're being told, get in your house. You come out. We're going to fine you. You've got to wear masks. Oh, and by the way, we're going to give you the vaccine that's going to allow you to go back to life as normal. So you don't need to do any of this other stuff. We'll, we'll take care of that. D- is anyone not understanding what this agenda is here? Because it's going to be the mask mandate until, I, and I, I agree with Marty on this, it's going to be the mask mandate until that vaccine's available. And you're going to have people lined up around the block, just like you had with H1N1. It was complete nonsense. It was complete nonsense. Again with this one. Even Fauci himself sat in front of Congress and said, even so, we're looking at two to three months effectiveness at best. At best. See, they want a vaccine that they own that they're going to be able to give you over and over and over and over again. It's not enough to develop the virus and patent that. They have to own that so they can own the vaccine and patent the vaccine and sell that to you as well. When they have both of those, they control the agenda, they control the governments, they control you. That's the agenda here. Rather than go through the steps, be responsible, give people proper information about what they need to do in order to keep themselves, their families, and their communities healthy, rather than do that... It's become about this other agenda. Your governor has resisted that agenda. And so now all of a sudden he's tested positive for this. Same thing with states like Florida with Governor Ron DeSantis, states like Texas with Governor Greg Abbott. Again, these are two other states that resisted. They said, no, we're not going to lock back down. We shouldn't have done it the first time. Now what's happening? Those are the two states in the country with the largest number of cases in the shortest amount of time. I don't want to delve into the whole conspiracy idea, but that it does seem a bit concerning that um, these states that are sticking to the facts and sticking to the, I don't know, the same policies that we've kept for every pandemic that we've had in America to where we don't shut everything down. If a business decides to shut down, it's their own choice. It's not the government's choice. But anyway, these ones that are erring on the side of freedom are, oh, would you look at that? They're some of the worst cases. And Oh, look at this. Uh, Nobody's wearing masks. They're all going to die. And it it just it seems a bit suspect when you have hospitals and whatnot that are, at least on the administration level, lying about their numbers uh, at the hospital to get more money. And it just I mean, they're they're saying that Texas is is, the hospitals are overloaded. Right. And the hospital administrators Mm -hmm. are going, no, we're not. We have the same number of cases that we had in June of last year, this year. They're like, we're not overloaded. It, we're, we're prepared to handle anything that this throws at us. Like, we're, we're set. But the media is saying, no, you're not. This is all bad. You're, you, this is the worst it's ever been and blah, blah, blah. Right? So they're pushing this narrative and then they're, they're oh, look, the governor of Oklahoma has tested positive. He attended the rally. It, it's, it, it's perpetrating more fear. And I'm I'm concerned that these aren't just made up that, you know, he got tested, that that the test actually showed negative. They're saying it's positive so they can push their agenda. I mean, that's I don't trust these people now on on like I want to trust scientists. I want to trust doctors. I can't anymore. Everything's become so politicized. I don't trust it. So with that said, uh, you were talking about uh, wearing a mask until the vaccine comes out. Uh, yeah. The other thing I'm concerned about is they, they get you the idea of something very simple, very, very simple and easy is just wearing a mask, right? That That's so easy and simple. You can get compliance on that. We talked about that's that what, with the torture what, bit, right? That's what Mitch McConnell says. Just, just, it's not that difficult. It's not that complicated. Yeah, uh-huh, just do it. Uh-huh. Right. See, that's the thing is they get you with the little stuff, get you slowly, slowly dragging you in. And then when the vaccine comes out, uh, uh, you can't go back to work until you wear until you get the vaccine. Oh, it's going to be more than that. You want your kids more than that. You want your. Yeah, it's it's going to so be more it, than that. It, it's going to be you want to drive. Well, you can't get your license renewed until that you want to fly. Well, yeah. you can't fly until that. Well, you want to shop here. No, you can't. Yeah. That, that's what it'll be. Mark my words. That's what it'll be. If it's not stopped, if the agenda is not stopped, if these people are not stopped cold in their tracks, then down the line, that's what it will be. So, yeah, that that's that's exactly what I'm concerned with coming with what's coming. That is a mechanism that you could use for things like I've talked about social credit scoring when you want a, a um, police state. Fantastic way to get a police state, right? Pandemic, you can't do anything until you do what we say. Yeah, it's a, it's a standard operation for for a police state. So yeah, it, it's 
it's looking it, it, it's scary and at the same time people don't seem to be awake and and you know seeing this people will wake up but by the time they do that door is already shut and then you have to get to a point where you work your way out of it and it will get to a point where see that this is another reason why and I'm not I'm not going to delve down into this but this is where you know we talked about 5G with the infrastructure and wanting to mm-hmm. employ robotics and and drone surveillance and all that stuff. See, the elite need that system to be brought in as quickly as possible because they know that it will get so horrible for these people that even their own security people are going to turn on them. So they need an army to protect them. I know that sounds out there, but tell me another reason that works. T- tell me something else that, that makes sense. We've already got the drone stuff going on, though. Like, I, I think it was Minnesota is employing drones to survey beaches and whatnot. You know, they have like uh, yeah. laws against being topless on the beach and doing drugs and drinking alcohol. And so that's why the drones flow over. It finds those people. Then the cops show up and, you know, take care of the situation. And they're already employing it. We're already getting desensitized to it. It's coming. All right. So do you have air conditioning, Bruce? I would imagine you do. Yeah. Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, okay, it's like 100 might, and something here. So, OK, absolutely. well, you might need to. Well, a couple of reasons. One, you might need to turn that off. Well, first of all, mm-hmm. to save the environment. OK, that, that's the first thing. Right, right. So mm-hmm. you'll need mm-hmm. to turn that off. And the second reason, which I think, to be honest with you, is is more important than the first. Mm-hmm. Air conditioning systems don't protect against uh, against the virus. And in some cases, they can actually facilitate the spread. You see this? So now, mm-hmm. yeah. see, mm-hmm. the have you noticed that this is all part of the Green New Deal? Like they're ratcheting down mm-hmm. on certain mm-hmm. things. Have you, have you noticed that? So all this yeah, now, see, yeah. air conditioning's bad. So now, yeah, like, uh-huh. I, okay, in European cultures, in some cases, or excuse me, in most cases, you can live without air conditioning because the climate is different here. Okay, so you can yeah. get by yeah. with it. It's not very pleasant two or three days out of the year, but you can get by without it. In the United States, we have structures that are built differently. You cannot have a home in the U.S., especially in the southern part of the U.S., without air conditioning. It is just not possible. It is just not possible. Yeah, maybe, maybe if you lived underground. I mean, maybe you could do it. Then. <laughs> if you lived underground, you know, you yeah, like, sure. Yeah, yeah. But public yeah. health experts are saying that coronavirus transmission to wane in the summer as temperatures rise and the air becomes more humid because of summertime now, right? Because of summertime. Mm-hmm. We, we've had no evidence of any kind of spike in cases. If that is indeed true, then what initially happened in Australia when all this began in the middle of winter, we would have seen spikes down there, but we didn't. You saw little cases here and there, and you saw some clusters here and there, but you didn't see the level of cases as it was. And it was in the middle of summer down there. So you can't make that comparison. Engineers and ventilation experts said that this may be in part because residents escaped the heat by retreating indoors where heating, ventilation and air conditioning systems could exacerbate airborne transmission with unplanned air currents. So the main way mm-hmm. air conditioning can contribute to spreading coronavirus is by creating strong air currents that can move the droplets and contribute to increase risk. Now, I don't have to tell you that the CDC And the NIH and WHO and all these groups, I I don't have to tell you that one day they come out and they say, oh, it's airborne. The next day, I kid you not, the next day, well, no, we we don't have any proof of that. And then they'll flip on it again. Well, it, it might. It might. We're not sure. And then they'll flip on it again. How many times have they done this now? How many times? It's back and forth, back and forth. They do not stick with a single agenda. And so now where do we go with it? Do you shut down all air circulation systems? See, I'm looking at this from a Green New Deal standpoint. They want to take our civilization back to pre-industrialized levels. That's where they want everything. They want all the industry gutted. They want all of the amenities that we live with gutted. They want it all gone. No electricity, no air conditioning, anything that uses electricity. You might as well forget it. That's what they want. To them, there is no such thing as sustainability as we're being told. To them, sustainability means, well, we shut everything off. We completely level all the factories, all of the infrastructure, everything we've got. To the establishment, that's what they want. They want it. They want it all. They want it all shut down. It's not enough. It's never enough. Well, first of all, um, if they're they're telling us here in the South that we have to get rid of our air conditioner because uh, it's racist or it's uh, spreading a virus, uh, you can get stuffed, number one. It, it gets over 100 degrees here, um, higher humidity. Uh, air conditioners take out the humidity and, and cool it down, which, by the way, if it's taking the humidity out of the air, 
which the coronavirus needs a medium to travel, you would think air conditioner would be safer because it's pulling the water out of the air. But anyway, that's, that's a side note. We don't have three days you know, in the middle of summer that you can, you know, you turn your air conditioner on and turn it off for the rest of the, uh, it's usually like three or four months, uh, that you, or five months that you really have to, uh, have the air conditioner on. And right uh, now longer, where really. you are, it's hot down there, isn't it? Like it's yeah. hot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, currently I would, I would have to look, we, we kind of had a little bit of a, a cooler front come in cause we had, you know, a lot of rain and all that kind of stuff. So it was nicer, but, uh, yeah, today, I mean, it's 90 degrees right now today, so it's uh, partly cloudy and whatnot. So, I mean, it's hot, but that's not, I mean, this time of year, August, especially, we, we see 100, 110, you know, somewhere in that range uh, degree temperatures. So, no, this it's absolutely stupid. And we know they want to get rid of all infrastructure. Their their idea is 400 to 500,000 people on, on the planet, period. Like they, they believe in eradicating everyone except for the four. 400 to 500,000 because they believe that's all the planet can sustain. Is it um, No, see, no, it's 400,000. I'm pretty it's sure thousand. it's 400,000. Yeah, that was the original numbers and they they thought that was too extreme and they uh the hell some are of these the, sick uh, people. These are sick people. Yeah, like yeah. these are sick people. Do, do you understand like how sick these people are? Like that that's well, I mean, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> you you want to genocide that many people to to sustain the planet when in reality the based on the technologies that we have and the current systems that we have, we can sustain at least 14 billion people currently. As technology continues, if we're allowed to continue and government doesn't get it in the way, that number is obviously going to increase and we'll have things more efficient and and uh, you know, use less energy. You it's just we'll get there. The thing is is we have to progress and evolve you you know we we've we've kind of talked about it before you have to progress through the different technologies to advance to the next technologies right i mean we're going to have to use coal and gas until we get a sustainable nuclear energy or fusion even if uh, until then we have to use the other stuff that is somewhat pollutant i mean you know uh, coal we have the clean coal now uh to where it, it burns off like 90 some percent of it and the rest of it's scrubbed out before yeah. the vapors released uh, it's essentially same with natural what gas natural out. gas is cleaner yeah it's essentially the only thing we actually it's a it's a small amount of co2 and water vapor that's it yeah and they they usually clean out the uh you know scrub the uh the CO2 out. So it's mm -hmm. just water vapor usually, or get the majority of it. But the point is, is it's so minute now compared to what it used to be back in the day. We've reduced our emissions by a huge amount here in the US uh, since the 70s. If we went nuclear, we could reduce it even more. You know, this this idea of solar and, and wind is just absurd. But uh, yeah, no, it's silly to say it's, it it's transmitting the virus. Okay, so it does transmit the virus. Uh, let's say it does. Fine. Okay. We don't believe the numbers to begin with anyway. Let's just let's know. let's go with the let's go with the hundred percent rate like we talked about yesterday. Let's just everybody's right. got it. Let's yeah. let's just get on with this. Right? Let, let's just yeah. knock all this nonsense off. Because the deaths aren't there. They're not there. They're they're just not there. The CDC has even said, which I, I think you've got something on the CDC. We'll talk about that in a second. But the CDC has even said worth seriously considering removing the coronavirus from the actual pandemic and even epidemic classification because there are no deaths. The amount of deaths just aren't there. So they're talking about even removing it. But the CDC apparently was just sidelined by Trump from all data. What what did you find on that? Or did you not find anything on that? So basically, the administration shifted all the control of hospital data that the CDC had. Basically, they were citing it was all uh, HHS has the um, data now, and they're the ones processing it. Basically, what they're saying is, this, is the CDC has an old data gathering method, and the organization of it and everything is, is outdated. And... It's not efficient. It's not clear, blah, blah, blah. So they're going to HHS, which supposedly has a better system. But honestly, even the HHS is going to have a hard time because the data that we're getting, it says, oh, look, uh, Tuesday was the highest number of uh, new infections. And in, I, I think it was saying Oklahoma is part of the governor article where they seen like uh, close to a thousand people, uh, new infections uh, on Tuesday. It says new infections, new infection, which means if you went in and got tested and you were like, no, I'm not, I'm not sick though. Like I have no, so you went and took another test 
Well, guess what? That was two infections. If, it, if you know, that's two positive cases. So we don't know how many people that really is. It could be 600 people or, or 500 people. We don't really know because they all could have taken a, a, another test. You say that the deaths are, are falling. Yes, the deaths are falling. The, the more uh-huh. this is the, the, the side effect of what they're doing. As they say, there's more people infected. It skews the data, one. But two, it means it's a less dangerous virus. The more and more data we have of people getting infected, uh, the, the, the number of deaths are also declining as well. It makes it uh, a, a much less dangerous virus. I mean, we talked about it. Well, 0.0003% chance of yeah. death if you're under 65. They have uh, the University of Washington uh, has just come out with a new model. And they're predicting that we could see upwards of 224,000 deaths by November 1st. This is their new thing. And they're saying that the near universal use of masks could save up to 40,000 lives between now and November. See, never a single Mm. study that's worth a damn in its own salt has been put out to actually back that up. None. But the death toll now is at 136,000 as of Wednesday. But the country should hit 151,000 by August 1st and 150,000, excuse me, 157,000 by August 8th, according to an average of models of 23 research groups in the United States and elsewhere, because they're classifying all deaths as COVID. All deaths. <laughs> do, you, do you remember the, the, the model we were, we were messing with here a few months back? And you could you could enter numbers and, yes. you know, you could do all yes. the cat. This time period, I want to say it's like today, if not uh, tomorrow. This time period was when 100 percent of the nation was infected and we had millions dead based on that, on, on some of the models we were playing with. And we're nowhere near that. We're, we're nowhere near that. No, it's nowhere near it. And like, you know, I mean. <laughs> We don't even we don't even know how many people really are infected. You know, you, you run into the scenario of like we were saying, the numbers are fake. And then on top of that, the people that are sick or, or do have COVID-19 may not have symptoms at all. So does it cancel each other out? Is it more? Is it less? Uh, I don't know. We don't know. Well, not to be not to be outdone by the uh, the University of Washington. Another independent modeler, Yu Yang Gu in New York. Wonder where he comes from predicts 227,000 deaths by November 1st. According to the IHME group, more Americans are wearing masks and fewer are leaving their homes. Are those the ones that are in the cities that are scared? The ones you have capitulated? The ones that are getting an extra $600 a week in hush money to stay home? Mm -hmm. The ones you have so Mm -hmm. scared that they're sitting in their houses watching your television wearing a mask? Because I guarantee you those are the kinds of people they're talking about here. They've come out and said, the research centers come out and said, if 95% of Americans wore masks when leaving their homes, that number of deaths would drop by more than 40,000. I don't believe a damn word those people say. I don't. Based on the amount of false data that we've seen, all I've ever wanted, all we've ever asked for are straight numbers. That's all we've ever asked for. But see, if they put out straight numbers, they don't have a narrative. They don't have an agenda. It doesn't work. So they have to continue to peddle the fear. They have to keep those numbers as high as possible to the end of the year. You know, I think we, we talked about November. I think they're on track for January. And I'll tell you why, because now we're starting to see inklings of January, February. We're starting to see the middle of winter. Why? Why is that? Or the middle of, excuse me, the turn of the year. We're starting to see that. Why are we starting to see that? What happens in January? It's Davos, right? Finance mm. capital from around the world gets together. See, they've screwed the world economy. They've wrecked our monetary system, our financial system, all of it. The market's a casino. Your pensions are worthless. They will be worthless because they're going to take all of it. Your money, the money you're out there spending in the store right now, you might as well just burn it because at some point, that's what you're going to have to do with it. You just throw it up in the air. I mean, it's, it's going to be helicopter money. You're going to be dealing with hyperinflation. They've torched the monetary system and they don't know what to do. If they let it all go, then it's all going to come down and they're going to be the ones holding the bag. They need to figure out how to reset the world financial and economical systems that they themselves have wrecked. They need to work on how to reset that. They need to hit the reset button and they need to keep us, the populace, distracted until they can figure out a way how to do this. I think they're going further than the election. I think they're going for January. I think their target's January. What do you think? However long it takes to crash our system completely. I think that's what they're shooting for. Um, the other thing we have going on in January, obviously, is the next president takes uh, takes office. And currently, it looks like Trump. Um, what, what was the one figure that was accurate last time? The last, God, I don't know how many elections he's he's been accurate on, but there's been a pollster that um, 
No, he's not a pollster. He's a anyway, whatever. He he calculates um, who's going to win. He he said Trump would win last time in 2016 uh, with 87% accuracy. He said 87% chance that Trump's going to win, and obviously he was right. This time around, he's saying it's 91%. So I mean, that's kind of the feeling I have is Trump's going to win this one again. Even even with all this is going on, there's just people are disenfranchised so much towards the stuff that's going on in the Democrat locations and whatnot. The people that are slowly waking up are going to, you know, they're, they're probably going to vote for Trump and realize that he's been doing things that are in line with, you know, the American people uh, trying to trying to help the nation. And because of that, um, that's why we're having the lockdowns and stuff, because, you know, he wants to get everything back up and going. He wants to get the economy going again. They can't have that. They being the, you know, the, the George Soros's of the world, the ones that are trying to reach reset everything. Mm-hmm. So no, I, and the governors is, that are working for them. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're going to try to get this, keep this going as long as they can to crash the economy as deeply as they can to do as much damage as they can. I think they have to bring it down, though. They're not you notice they're not doing it very fast. They have to bring it down in sort of a controlled collapse, if you will. So yep. think of it like a, a, a like a demolition job. They have to do it a little bit at a time and slowly step it down, because if they crash it too fast, then people are going to wake up to it. I think people are already wise to it anyway, especially the small business owner out there that's getting screwed. Yeah, the, the small yep. business owner. They're already wise to this. And you've got mass exoduses happening in these cities. You've got mass exoduses happening. You got 500,000 people just last week that are leaving New York City alone and the five boroughs. They're pulling out. And it's time for people to get wise to what's happening economically. Forget all this other nonsense with the pandemic, with these cooked up numbers. Economically, people need to wake up. California, what's going on? Get out of that state. We have good people. You're good people out there. Do what you can, right? Sell what you can and get out. Punch out. You don't have a future out there. Look what's being done to the service industry in the state of California right now by the out of control governor out there. They shut down everything with the exception of what, what was it? His wine vineyard. His wine vineyards allowed yeah. to stay open. Yeah. So he can stay open. Nancy Pelosi's businesses, they can get paycheck protection plan money, bailout money. They can get. Ba- of course, that went to her husband. She didn't know anything about it. But right, they right. get. Of course. Yeah. Of course. They get bailout money. Their businesses stay open. But your business doesn't. Your hair salon doesn't stay open. Your restaurant doesn't stay open. Your cafe doesn't stay open. Unless, of course, you're a liquor store or you're a marijuana dispensary. Well, then that can stay open. That's essential. If you're in one of these states, come to rural America. Right. But don't bring that nonsense with you. Leave it. All that stuff you came from has to stay there. And you know something? I think that's going to be the way forward in all this. Now, you can call me crazy if you want, but it's going to have to be leaving the cities. It's going to have to be leaving. The cities are, are, are falling over there. They're falling. It's going to be leaving the cities. They're defunding the police departments. They're disbanding the police departments in some cities. Why would you want to live there? Why would you want to live there? Come out of the cities. Come to rural America. We will rebuild rural America and we will outcompete, outproduce what's happening in the failing cities. That to me is how you get out of this. That to me is how you get out of this, because you can rebuild a national economy from within. You move to rural America. You band together. You have good minded people in areas of local governments. You govern at the local level. You pass laws to keep people like that out and you rebuild your economy, your infrastructure, and you start over. That, to me, is the way out of this. What, what do you think? Can you get the big cities to move to rural America and be able to live in rural America? I mean, life is completely different in rural America than it is in the big cities. It'd be an interesting experience uh, for the big cities, I, I would think. But uh, yeah, I would like to see the, you know, the people from the big cities come into the smaller towns and, and you know, build it up again, you know? Uh, some of these small towns have uh, dwindled because of the big cities. You know, everybody moving to the cities. That's where all the jobs are and blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody's working for a home now. So why don't you move to the rural, area, rural areas? Build those up again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they need to be rebuilt. Uh, I mean, it's a good idea. Yeah. They need to be rebuilt. I mean, it's a good idea. But Speaking yeah. of a reason to get out of some of these cities, let, let's talk about New York. We said we were going to get to New York. So what do you have on New York? Mm-hmm. You've got some pretty gruesome things that are coming out of out of New York. What's happening up there? Um, so, well, it's quite a few. We can start with uh, the violence against the police officers because this I, uh-huh. I think the other ones are tied to that. Uh-huh. Uh, there was three NYPD officers that were attacked uh, in the, uh, what was it, on Brooklyn Bridge, wasn't it? On the Brooklyn Bridge, yeah. Yeah, and they were pretty seriously injured. I mean, uh, 
smashing the head with something, you know, blood gushing off of their head. And yeah, it looked it looks bad. I didn't, uh, I didn't get here, to watch the video on the attack. It says here uh, at least three NYPD officers were injured by protesters. How do you get injured by a protester? I Sorry. Mm. Uh, how, how does that you, you don't get injured by protesters because protesters are supposed to be there protesting when you go out there and you beat somebody, especially a police officer. That's an assault. Yeah, you're, you're not a protester at that point. You're a criminal. At least three NYPD officers were injured by protesters in Brooklyn on Wednesday after an individual hit them in the head with a cane. How peaceful is that? The NYPD actually released a statement. It says three officers were violently attacked by protesters crossing the Brooklyn Bridge. The officers sustained serious injuries. This is not, hear me, this is the NYPD. This is not peaceful protests. This will not be tolerated. And of course, you know, the the officers are they're at fault, you see. They're the ones that are at fault. There's the injuries that the officers stay. Man, that looks bad. So three of them are three of them have been smashed in the head with this uh, with this cane. One of the officers was injured so badly that he couldn't walk a straight line. The city's top cop, the chief of department, Terrence Monahan, was also injured during the Brooklyn Bridge protest. He suffered a broken finger after being hit by an object. Ironically, Monahan made headlines last month when he took a knee in solidarity with the same unruly demonstrators who just assaulted him as fellow officers. Capitulating to the mob, sir, will get you nowhere. That will get you nowhere. Mm-hmm. You take a knee, they will smash you in the face. Unbelievable. Yeah. This type of... Yeah. Um, no, sorry. Mayor de Blasio has ruled that if you're a protester, it's okay for you to be out there. But if you're a business... You can't be open. You can't go back to work. You're non-essential. But if you're a protester, well, it's fine. You can be out there. You can go out there. You can assault police officers. That's fine in the eyes of Mayor Bill de Blasio. That's fine. This is unacceptable behavior. I was talking to Marty earlier today and I said, you know what? We have to do everything we can possibly do to try and reach out to police officers. They are the only line of defense between we the people and total anarchy. They call it the thin blue line. The power structure will offer the police up as pawns. You see what they're doing to them. Look at the vilification of police. Look at the money that they're taking away from the departments. Look at the resources they're taking away from them. These people in these political offices and these administrative offices throughout your respective city, they don't care about you. You're not going to have a pension left. They're going to take it all. I think most police officers understand that. At least I hope they do. If they don't, then they need to get wise to it. So where do we go from here? How do we get the police to step aside from protecting these people. Because these people that are in these city offices, the ones that are in these administrative offices, they are the problem. They are the enablers to the mobs in the streets that are having the police assaulted, having your business burned, having the looting in your neighborhoods. They're the ones that are fostering the agenda, along with the media, to have the police vilified, to have your budgets reduced, to have your departments disbanded, to put the community at risk. So why protect them? Why, why protect them? I do not understand that. Why protect them? Why not have them arrested? I don't get it. That's, in my opinion, and please, Bruce, step in here and tell me if I'm wrong. In my opinion, when you have people in high office that do such actions, in my opinion, the way I'm seeing it, that's sedition. Wouldn't you agree or am I wrong here? Nope, you're right. I don't know that you can. It's difficult to say because cops are largely like the majority of them are good people, right? And yes, they are. I, I can't. It's difficult for me to see them going in and arresting these these governors and whatnot, the, the elected officials that are doing these kind of things. And the reason I say that is they understand that they're elected officials. They understand that, you know, if they do, they go in and do these kind of things. They're the ones that are going to get in trouble. So really, they're. It, but they're under. You can't really but do anything. Who are they going to get in trouble with? You're arresting the problem. You're arresting the the ones that are committing the act of sedition to sabotage society. See, they don't want to get rid of the police. The ones that are in these mayor's offices, these governor's offices, these city councils, understand they don't want to get rid of the police. They go out there and say, well, we need to defund the police. We need to do this. We need to cut all this. We need to get rid of disband this department. They don't want to defund the police. They want to become the police. That's the difference. Our system of justice, the checks and balances that we have that are outlined in our Constitution, makes what these people do illegal. So if you have a group of people that are trying to undermine the legitimate authority that keeps law and order, if they're trying to overthrow that so they can put in an establishment that they run that's beholden to them and no one else, well, that again, 
Like I say, that's sedition. See, the problem that they have with the police departments in America is they swear an oath to the Constitution. They are beholden to the Constitution to protect it against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The ones that are in these offices, these elected offices, they have betrayed that oath. They have turned their back on us. We the people, they have turned their back on that. Their actions alone define what they believe. Look at how they're behaving. You ignore the protests. You ignore the rioting. And yet now they're coming back again saying, no, all these new spikes has nothing to do with that. What caused that spread was all the families that stayed home. What? So because law abiding people who believe in in fairness and justice, real fairness and justice, the ones that don't want to go out and do harm to others, they're at fault. You have no fines. No criminal action whatsoever taken against people that were out there beating people in the streets, killing people, killing police officers. No mention of that, by the way. No criminal action taken on them. No fines handed out to them. No jail time handed out to them. I didn't see police officers out there snatching any of them up, putting them in handcuffs, dragging them off in wagons full of people, unless I missed something. But if you step out of your house, if you open your business, well, you're going to get fined. You're going to go to jail. We're going to strip you of your license because you're endangering the public. Do we see this agenda here? No, they, they, so they I, only have people's public health and public safety in mind. See, they're, they're, they I care refuse, about people. Yeah, I refuse to believe. I refuse to believe that these people that are in these elected offices, I refuse to believe that they cannot be held accountable for their actions. I refuse to believe that. So I, I, uh, I don't disagree. Uh, the problem is the judges. What are you, you going to do? How, how are you going to hold them accountable? None of the judges are going to hold it, hold them accountable for this. Like, yeah, so the law enforcement arrests, for example, the protester, right? That it isn't really a protester, but they're they're a rioter, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of prosecution are they going to get? I mean, are, are they going to get prosecuted at all by the judges? Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of these left wing judges that have been uh, uh, appointed or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know that that's going to go anywhere. So if you arrest you know, these these governors, mayors, whatever, that are doing these uh, Mao-esque legislations or, or not even legislations, um, edicts that they're doing. It's, a, it's an executive Illeg- order. There's no illegal. power behind it. Yeah, exactly. Illegal orders. Yeah. It, it doesn't empower the law enforcement or, or, or the uh, state or even the local government to fine you. I'm sorry. That's not how it works. You don't you don't make an executive order to put in a law. That's not how it works. So I'm, I'm curious how these will hold up in, the, in in court. But to arrest them, I'm I, I think the for example, law enforcement. That's where I think the law enforcement are stuck. Is even if they went and arrested them, would the people back them? Number one and number two, would it go anywhere? You know, would the the judge just throw the case out? Uh, the mayor gets out and then fires the lot of them. You know, I mean, what? Mm-hmm. No, I, I, right. I don't know what you're action right. would would work. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's it's the court system, right? It, it's the it's the judicial yeah. system at this point that, that's going to be called in question because you can arrest these people all day. And I and I've made reference to that before. You can arrest these people all day, but if you don't have someone willing to try them, it's all irrelevant. It's all irrelevant. Yeah. So yes, and I tell you what, we got a show coming up next week. We got a special coming up next week that um, I think Bruce, you and I and Marty are going to sit down and do it. And we can talk about that. We can get in a little bit further depth into that because I think that right there is a subject that needs to be discussed within that. Uh, and we can talk about the judicial system and the changing of and, and altering of uh, society, which is essentially what they're trying to do here. So next week, uh, and I'll start talking about it now, but um, we're in the process of planning this. Next week, we're going to do the agenda of societal change uh, and what they're what what all these groups and all of these compromised elected officials in these uh, governmental bodies, what their goal is here. So we're going to get into that. But yes, I think that's a good point to, to cover. You had a couple other things on New York. We were talking about the police officers. And then, of course, we got off on the tangent. What do you have from New York that is not related to the police officers? Well, there was a tech company CEO. Um, they found him in, in, in his apartment, which, by the way, his apartment is like a $2.2 million apartment. They found him dead in his apartment decapitated mm-hmm. and oh, God. his limbs detached. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's pretty gruesome. They said that one of the cops at the scene just said, this is ugly. And I mean, that is all, I, I don't know what else to say to it, you know, about this. It was Gokata, I believe is the, the company's name. It's a, uh, Nigeria based motorbike startup. And, okay. um, the, the cousin called for a welfare check 
you know, and or wellness check. And that's when the police found him. Surveillance footage showed that his so this his apartment, you take the elevator to the top floor and you walk out of the elevator into his apartment. Like that's the kind of apartment oh, yeah. he had. Uh-huh. One of those multi-million-dollar ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the attacker was in the elevator with him at the time that they had a, a bag. Uh, and as soon as the elevator reached his floor, he uh, attacked him. And uh, that's when it went down. Um, I, I believe he had an electric saw in the um, in the bag. They're saying oh that God. this looks like it was a professional killing because there was very little blood that was left behind. The apartment was not looted at all. And they said the uh, the killer looked like they were interrupted because they left in a hurry at one point. And the police said it did not look like the the perp was done. Yeah, it's it's bad, man. It, it is. It, it, <laughs> um, they're saying he this um, the CEO. He's had multiple other businesses. Like this, he's an entrepreneur, right? So he's had multiple tech startups and everything. And he's done this multiple times. He had, he, he started another business back in 2015. He co-founded it two years later. He, he co-founded another one, uh, which is the, uh, Gokata, which is the bike one, right? Uh-huh. The, the company's in Nigeria. And then he also launched another venture capital, uh, firm, uh, in New York, uh, a couple of years ago. So yeah, he, he, um, he was very successful and uh-huh. they don't know anything well, about I would why imagine he was, you know. I would imagine it's probably a competitor, or probably is, yeah, a competitor, or it's could be as bad as it's going to sound. First thing I would do, look at who's looking to take his place. That's, I mean, yeah, that's that's where I would go with it. But that's just me. We had something else, yeah. There was you said there was a second one. So yeah, there was another one in New York. This one. They found someone dead on top of a McDonald's wrapped in plastic. God. See, um, this is what I'm talking about. Get out of the cities, right? Yeah. I mean, get out it's, of the yeah. cities. I, I would not be in any of those cities. And you know what? I loved New York. I, I love New York. I loved my time in New York. I, I loved I, I loved working up in New York. I mean, it was it was fun. But yeah, it's just not the same. It's time for the good people in that city to just uh, to just get out because, I mean, you've got a billion dollars in department cuts coming this year. The NYPD has 36,000 police officers. You're probably going to lose a quarter of those. Probably. I would say the first thing they're going to do is they're probably going to do buyouts and then you're going to have police officers. If they've got their 20, then they'll put their papers in. But if not, then you'll have good police officers that will leave and they'll go elsewhere. I mean, me personally, if I were a cop in the U.S. right now, I would be punching out looking for a job at the county sheriff's office, right? That's what I would do if I were a police officer. Um, I certainly wouldn't be hanging around in any of these cities. Uh, that's just me. But I this mean, type of crime, I, this is only going to get worse. We've seen over the weekend, I believe it was, the two officers that were shot dead in Texas. Uh, it was an ambush thing. I mean, the hostility towards officers is growing. And this is all thanks to, as we were talking, the politicians and the, the nonsense that they're allowing. They're allowing these protests and everything that are basically calling for the eradication of the cops. Like, wh what civilized society does this? They don't want a civilized society, Bruce. See, like, like I said, they don't want to get rid of the police. They don't. They tout that they want to get rid of the police. They don't want to get rid of the police. They want to become the police. They want to have law and order based on their rule of law, not ours. They don't want the constitutional rule of law. They don't want the constitutional underpinning of a just and fair society. They don't want that. They want everything based on what they can put together. They want the injustice. They want the unfair trials. They want the political show trials like you had in the Soviet Union. This is what they want. So it's not a matter of, well, if you get rid of a police department, well, you know, what sane society does that? They're insane people. People like this don't make sane decisions. So it's a matter of what they want to do. They think that America is bad. They want to remake it in their image, but they have to tear everything out in order for them to do that. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it was um, it was also kind of rhetorical. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I get really you're heated. Right, though. Yeah. I get really heated. No, you're right. When right. I. Uh, yeah, but I, I get really heated when I hear people that say, oh, well, we just need to get rid of the police department. Do you have any idea what that's going to do? You're talking about chaos. You're talking about anarchy. Yeah. I mean, overnight, overnight. I mean, that's what they want. They want the chaos. But Well, yeah, because then they can preside over it. But yeah, anyway, so let's talk. OK, hazmat suits. OK, 
<laughs> yeah. This is so ridiculous. I, we, we had to do it because it's just so ridiculous. Hazmat suits for air travel are here. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. so ridiculous. After the Center for Disease Control and Prevention officially, which they've been sidelined, by the way, uh, which we mentioned, they've officially recommended widespread use of face masks to help slow the spread of COVID-19. Yep. The minimalist medical mask quickly got reimagined as a fashion accessory. Have you noticed that? You noticed that? Yeah. 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 Everything is um, everything's a fashion statement now. Yeah, it's a it's it's as simple as going out, getting like a new pair of shoes. They're going to market it to you. It's going to look all good. It's going to match your outfit. See what they're doing Mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. See what they're doing here. It's a new normal. They're making they're making fascism look cool. That's what they're doing. The question is, this is the real question. All right. So the picture that we've seen of this is this big bulky thing that sits up yeah. really high and you're probably going to hit the overhead thing when you try to sit down with it on. But would you wear one? If you were if you were required to wear one by the the airline company, would you wear one? You're asking me that question? Yeah. I no, am, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fly. Yeah. I wouldn't fly. I would not fly. I, I kid you not. I would not fly. I almost I, like I don't want to fly now because of this math BS. Right. This mask yeah. BS. I don't want to fly for this because that's stupid. You're going to tell me like if I fly back to the States right now, you're going to tell me not only would I have to sit through a 14 day ridiculous quarantine, you're going to tell me that I have to wear a mask for 10 hours. Are you out of your mind? Have you lost your mind? And what? Oh, what? I can take it off so I can eat and I can get something to drink. You see what happened to Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, when he just took a drink of coffee? Right. This is insanity. This is absolute insanity. And what's more insane to someone that has their eyes open to this? What's more insane are the people you have that follow this. The people that you have so indoctrinated that follow this. Right. So the hazmat suit, Naomi Campbell, right? The the. Uh, the model or the former model, whatever it was, wh- whatever she was, uh, she was like a Victoria's Secret mm-hmm. model or something. They stepped it up a notch. They've created custom hazmat suits for stylish social distancing. If you're wearing a hazmat suit, why would you social distance? That makes no sense. That's true. Now with the novel coronavirus pandemic showing no signs of slowing, mm-hmm. um, the, the deaths are falling. What? Okay. They say that hazmats are just the thing to make flying feel safe again. Why shouldn't it be safe? Mm-hmm. People are scared into thinking that flying is unsafe. See, they don't want people to fly. That's what it comes down to. That's the bigger agenda here. They don't want people to travel, just like when it comes to cars. They don't want people to drive. This is where Bruce and I have talked about social credit, and we talked about what's coming down the line if this is not stopped. You don't have a high enough social credit. You don't have, and in this case, you don't have the uh, the vaccination that they're going to mandate that you do this or whatever. Your car's not going to take you to where you want to go, or you're not going to be able to drive the car. But anyway... In mid-April, the co-founder of Visor Technologies, a Toronto-based company specializing in personal protective gear, launched a new product called the BioVisor from a, from a crowdfund, right? Crowd crowdfunding. They actually they got it. $250 will get you this futuristic-looking outer layer that resembles the top half of an astronaut's uniform with anti-fogging windows and a built-in I'm sorry, I'm trying to do this without laughing. And a built-in hospital-grade air purifying device. Paranoid flyers were quick to scoop it up, pre-ordering about 50,000 suits and raising $400,000 for the nascent company. The first batch is set to be delivered by the end of July. That's pretty fast. That's pretty fast. That, that is fast production. I mean, I commend them on... Look, I mean, it's a capitalist endeavor, right? Yeah, so, sure. You know. Sure. And you know what? If this is what people want to do, it, um, and I will, I will give it this. If this is what people want to do, if this is what... If you're one of these people that are so paranoid like this, if this has you altering your existence and you're that paranoid, good luck to you, right? Good luck to you. If that's how you want to live, if you want to live in a bubble like that, then that's your choice. That's your choice. Same thing with the mask thing. If you want to do that, that's your choice. That's not for me. That's not for me. That's your choice. That's also my choice. And don't give me the garbage about how it's not my choice to infect someone. Do you know that the do you know the CDC has also come out and said and the WHO has also come out and said you can infect people even if you're not infected. Have you noticed they've said that now? Oh, oh, so even if you don't have COVID-19, you can infect other people with COVID-19. The agenda here is simply oh. this. The, the agenda here is simply this. And we talked about this when we went over the aspects of, uh, of torture for the Amnesty International thing. The agenda here is this. It's to make you non-essential. It's to make you feel like who you are and what you were no longer matter. It's to isolate you and it's to isolate everyone else from you. See, they have to divide everybody against ourselves. They have to make it personal. That's the agenda. If you give something 
to everybody. If everyone has it, like I've said before, it has to be something that everyone has. Well, then everybody has to be mandated to wear a mask. Then everybody's suspect, aren't they? No one trusts anybody. You know, there's there's another thing to the masks. It's kind of like and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there. It's kind of like, you know, how the Nazis had their their own little different emblems for the different groups and everything. You had a, a, yes. a physical yeah. representation that you could see at a glance. Same yes. thing with the mask. You have a physical representation of who's capitulating, who's listening to the government, who's following orders. You know, I mean, before, for example, uh, if you were if you were somebody that believed in a conspiracy theory like the Earth is flat or we didn't actually land on the moon, you have no physical identifier to point that out, right? You can't look at someone and say, oh, they believe this or they don't believe this. Well, for this, if you don't wear a mask, then obviously you're one of the problem people, right? And so it's a easy way to identify people. It is. And it's also an easy way for people to look at you strange. See what I mean? There's no trust. If you're not trusting of everyone else and you have everyone turning into this snitch society, well, then society will never progress. Everything grinds to a halt. As a matter of fact, you go backwards, you revert. And this is this is what they want. They want everyone suspect and fighting of each other. Look what happens to somebody that goes into a store without a mask in the U.S., especially you have people that run around with their phones, ridiculing them, humiliating them, talking about how they're killing everybody because of what they're doing. And they put them out there for the world to see effectively doxing them more or less. Yes. But it's it's the concept of not allowing any type of trust within a society. And th- that's the bigger agenda yeah. here. That's the bigger agenda here. But yes, if you want to wear a uh, if you want to wear a bubble suit and, and go on to this thing, they're talking about how TSA officials and airline staff don't know how they're going to deal with any of this stuff or what they're going to think of it. But um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what to say about this. If this is something you want to do, well, then go ahead, you know, go go ahead. But don't expect me to be doing it. Sorry. There's a woman here who says that uh, she's talking about taking a flight and she's not she's she's not sure if she feels safe on a flight or not. So she's ordered one and she says that it gives her a peace of mind to have one. And uh, and she's she's also ordered some for her kids. Do you you have any idea what you're subjecting children to? Do you have any idea what kind of society you're bringing your children up in with all this? You want kids to be raised in a society like they're trying to foster? You want them growing up in this? We fought wars to stop this. We got to get back to some kind of reality. Hmm. This is the new reality. Oh, uh, well, yeah, we're going to have we're going to talk about that. All right. We're going to yeah, we're going to talk about that next week. Next week, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the agenda of societal change. You won't want to miss it. Please do give us a follow over on the platform of Parler. Uh, it's like Twitter, but it's little bit more friendly. Uh, you're welcome to do that. We would welcome all of your comments, your feedback, your likes, all of the uh, the lines that you drop us. We do appreciate that. And we do answer. Uh, we do answer you when you uh, when you do drop a comment to us. Uh, and we really appreciate that. Although there has been an issue in the last couple of days. Hashtags are not working or something when they just did a big update. So yeah, it's been kind of quiet over there the last couple of days. So hopefully they get that sorted out. But please do give us a follow over there. We'd really appreciate that. You can follow me. I'm at Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening. Because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you, and we love freedom and independence. And together, we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.